keep that. That could be our intro. <laughs> Welcome to our June Dudecast. I'm DJ, and uh, I've got Scotty here with me. Hey, Scotty, how's your uh, month been going? Oh, it's been going all right. Uh, moved into a house and uh, not buying, but renting. And uh, it's been one hell of a move. One hell of a move, eh? Why don't you Why don't you go ahead and tell us what's been going on with that move, Scotty? So, have you ever moved into a house where you have to move everything into your the front room, and they haven't moved out yet? I I can honestly say that I've never moved in anywhere where the previous tenant has not moved out yet. No, I I've never even no heard that. So that was my my weekend um, last weekend Memorial Day weekend. Um, moved all of our stuff in a moving truck over to this house, and they weren't out of the basement. They weren't out of the main bedroom. They still had all their stuff everywhere, so we had to cram all our stuff into the front room. And uh, yeah, we were just working on top of the on top of them to get the stuff in, and then there's also like workers here you know, trying to get everything cleared up and cleaned up for us to move in. So it totally wasn't ready for us to move in. And we had to stay an extra night at the apartments that we were living at. So we just slept on an air mattress. It's been great. I'm pretty sure I would have murdered somebody at that point. I mean, that's pretty close. Much worse than what happened to me when I bought my house. But it's kind of close. Kind of. No, it was, well... That had to do with the movers that were supposed to be helping you. Uh, so what happened with my house was um, I bought it and we closed on a Friday and the seller didn't show up to sign the closing documents until five minutes before the place closed. So he signed them and then they closed and they didn't process them until, and it was a three or four day weekend. So they didn't, process them until like Tuesday and he didn't turn over the keys to our realtor until Tuesday, but I technically owned it that Friday and there were like three days where I couldn't move into it because his stuff was still in the house. He hadn't even started packing it yet. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, dude, you've been close. Like this closing process has been going on for a month and you haven't done anything. We were in the house two days before like the air conditioner had to be inspected or something. So we were here two days before and our realtor was like, you guys aren't getting into this house this weekend. This dude has not done anything. He's going to play the system. I guarantee it. Well, at the end of the day, I'm glad to be here. Uh, The lady that we're renting from is really nice. Very, very kind and everything like that. It's just, I think she uh, didn't anticipate how much really needed to be done in order for us to move in and everything like that. So it's all good. Well, you're moved in now and still not quite set up, but... You'll get there. Yep, still unpacking. And uh, what's going on with you, J-Row? How are things going? He is J-Row the Offendo. I am apparently the Offendo now, uh, so uh, I will work hard to live up to that name and offend everybody that I can. Uh, as for what's been going on with me, not not much. I'm a boring person. Just driving a truck and that's about it? Pretty much. Sweet. Well, that was a lot less... Uh, entertaining than Scotty's story, but well, yeah, cause like I said, I'm boring. I don't know what else to tell you. Anyway, what about you, DJ? How's your month been? My month has been mostly uneventful. I went and saw some movies that we're going to talk about. That's been fun. I went and saw John Wick with my dad. That was super fun. Saw Detective Pikachu with the little dude. 
Yeah, other than that, I've just been chilling out here at home. I think I did some writing the other day, which is unusual. I haven't done that in like two years. I probably shouldn't have admitted that. My Facebook followers are going to be like, you've been telling us you were writing. Yeah, you can edit that out. It's okay. Oh, yeah, I can edit it. <laughs> I'll probably forget, but I could. This should yes, be my reminder, but I probably will listen to it and be like, hey, you know would be funny if I left this whole thing in. Yep. Yep. That's and I'm probably yep. going yeah, to do that just so y'all know. Anyway, <laughs> Raven was unable to join us this month. So I brought in uh, another dude, Vixie. How you doing, Vixie? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm totally a dude. Hey, where I come from, this dude made dude a gender neutral term. So yeah, let's do that. Are you eating something? No, I am not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely like sounds were. like you're eating something. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to cut that part out. <laughs> and that's for real. So yeah, totally wow. do. So there I was, eating a sandwich. <laughs> so there I was, eating some fried chicken. We were supposed to be doing this podcast, but I wanted to eat this sandwich. <laughs> I decided food was a little more important. Yeah, I'd do that. What do you want to talk about first? We'll, we'll let J-Row the Offendo decide where we start today. Um, How about we start with Detective Pikachu there, you know? A lot of people want to hear about the uh, little guy's review on that. Oh, the little dude? Yeah, the yeah. little dude. He's got a good review. I'll, we'll get to his review. Uh, Scotty, you saw it, right? Yes, I did. What did you think of it? I thought it was fun. You know, it's definitely... Uh, you can do it both ways as far as like having the kids watch it and adults. It's both inter it's entertaining on both sides, but uh, yeah. Um, just fun, silly, crazy stuff. So would you say this is like the best way they could have done uh, a, uh, what the hell are they called? Uh, Pokemon. Pokemon yeah, movie. You. Oh, I can't sing that. I'll get a sued. Well, it's only if you go over like 15 seconds or something like that. It's Nintendo. They'll sue me. <laughs> what if it's in Japanese? Oh, no, they'll sue you even faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll it'll actually be a little bit slower because they have to like send it through the mail and it's overseas. But actually, I think they'll just send some ninjas over to get you. I I'm a ninja. Oh, shit. You see, my calf. See, she was setting me up there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I honestly felt like it had the potential to be better. Like, it didn't feel like they really put the best effort into it. Like, they chose a pretty good person to do Pikachu, which was Ryan Reynolds, as far as his voice is concerned. Like, I felt like they did a really good job in casting that. Um, but outside of that, I think they were just trying a little too hard to, like, pull in ties from, like, Pokemon, the first movie kind of thing, and then just kind of following. Uh, mostly you're trying to stick to the first 151 Pokemon characters and everything like that. So as far as like timeline goes, I mean, yeah, they're in their own universe kind of thing. But at the same time, I'm like, this could have been a little bit better. I don't know. I think it might be in the same universe because they referenced the movie with Mewtwo in it. And then there's that quick clip of Ash winning the tournament against the Elite Four. So I think it's supposed to be the same universe as the uh, whatever it's called my brain just stopped working as a cartoon and it had Greninja in it and he's definitely not one of the first 151 but 
they definitely didn't have all the actors on the same page as whether or not they were going full camp with it. Because the chick that's in it, half the time she is like super cheesy on purpose. And I don't, I feel like they didn't really want her to be that way, but those were the best cuts that they have of her because of whatever. Well, they tried to have like the play back to like how Missy was right. And like the original, uh, put on episodes um but like the like when you first meet her in the film i was just like wow this is way over the top like that doesn't need to be that way you can still get like misty's essence but not have that excess energy on top of it you know what i mean i do know what you mean i guess really about the question what i was wondering is if if they did it best way to do it as far as trying to get people to go see the movie um rather than do it kind of cartoonish or whatever was you know pulling it together like they with the live action and cgi stuff with the story i mean i i, I don't know much about pokemon but it doesn't seem like it's actually really part of the the pokemon universe yeah they made it part of the pokemon universe and it was very well done i believe it was very beautifully done for the most part i'm gonna say it's pretty good and yeah all right just wondering I, I I I honestly have no opinion about it one way or the other. I was just curious if it was if their approach was acceptable. I guess I think it was acceptable. And now to the little dude one line review. Detective Pikachu is better than Endgame. What? <laughs> yep, he said it. He went there. You he know said that it. kid is trolling you, right? He 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 trolls the crap out of you. He's like, is that going to be on the podcast? So let's go with that. (laughs) What do you have to say to that, little dude? Detective Pikachu is better than Endgame because it has less questions by the end of it. It solves all of them. And better storyline. Detective Pikachu managed to do better storyline in one movie than Marvel Studios has for a very long time. And we'll move on to our next subject now. Hey, you can look at it this way. You've raised him to really be able to keep his own, make up, make up his own mind and keep his own opinions. Yep. The little dude is definitely very strong. That's going to be so fun to see when he gets older with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's already started. Don't. Oh, I know. And I get to see it happen even more. It's going to be great. Anyway. uh, What was our next one? We were going to do something. Oh, John Wick. (laughs) <laughs> I think I am the only one who's seen that. I've only seen like the first one. I still need to see the second one. So, but how is it? After I went and saw this, I went to Walmart to buy something else and saw John Wick one and two collection on sale. So I was like, well, duh. So I bought it. Actually, I, like I was surprised I didn't already own these movies. I love these movies, but I bought it. I now I watched the first one with my, with the little dude. I'm going to watch the second one with him tomorrow, probably. But downside to John Wick 3 Parabellum is it doesn't have the the first two have at least one sequence where he has a target. He goes in and he takes them out. This one, he's straight up on the run the entire movie. There's no sequence where he has a target. He just goes in and takes them out. There's a sequence where they start to set that up, but then he's on the run again because even though he's been given a target, all of the other assassins are still coming after him to kill him. So the whole time he's still just trying to run and not get killed. And it 
I walked out of it pretty traumatized. They got really creative with how brutal he can be in killing people. And it's definitely set up like in the first one, there's a part where he's talking about somebody asks him if, if they look at him and they're like, aren't you the ones who normally deals out the beatings? And he laughs and says, I must be rusty. And it definitely feels like the first one, he was kind of warming up, getting back into his thing. The second one, he was getting into his groove. And then this one, he's just straight up the person that the first one said he was. And it's very brutal and he's really good at killing people and so many people die <laughs> yeah i haven't seen any of them so which is unfortunate because i do like movies that are mindlessly violent well that that movie is definitely going to be right up your alley jro if you ever take the time to sit down and watch at least the first one for me i was just like man i've waited this long and i just now watched it like what, what have i been doing <laughs> with my life <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Seeing previews and and clips and stuff from some from the first and second one, I'm like, I really need to sit down and actually watch this, but I just I just never have. Now with the second one, I will warn you ahead of time, it's not as good as the first one. The choreography for some of the fight, you can see uh, our man Keanu reacting to an attack that hasn't started yet, and some of the other sequences are like, okay, well they could have done better, but with this one, they definitely went back to the quality that they had in the first one, and then they turned the dial up to 11 again and started killing everything except the dogs. Well, of course. And there's a horse in the trailer. If you watch the trailer, he's riding on a horse. I can tell you that horse doesn't die. He's good. I was worried about that. I was like, man, he's going to be running from those dudes like, and they're going to shoot the horse to get him to stop. And they didn't shoot the horse. So the horse is fine. All right. Well, that's that's good. The uh, ASPCA and animal lovers across the country will be happy about that one. Oh, and in the trailer, there's the scene with the motorcycles and the samurai dudes or ninjas. Um, that scene is every bit as epic as they were setting it up to be in the trailer. Like, watching that fight blew my damn brain. Nice. So yeah, John Wick 3. If you're into watching Keanu Reeves just straight up murder anybody who tries to murder him first, go see it. All right, so two enthusiastic thumbs up about killing and bloodletting. Excellent. Maybe three thumbs. Eh? <laughs> Where's that third thumb at? It's on my growth. I spent too much time near Chernobyl. <laughs> Heard that's a really good show on HBO, by the way, but... I haven't seen anything, so... Yeah. So. Did you hear about Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic might be getting a movie? I did. I I heard about that very recently, yes. Yeah, like, was it like an hour ago when I was talking to you about it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> All the fans are, like, freaking out about it. That's how I found out about it. I have some Star Wars fans as friends. Mm-hmm. By... Mm-hmm bigger star Wars fans than you. I mean, like they dress up as Mandalorian Mercs level star Wars fans. Oh, that's just cause I don't have money, dude. Dude, you would be like, <clears throat> dude, you should cosplay Jabba. I, I was actually about to say something like that. Like I got to figure out how to make a Jabba costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Shunda. laughs> you should do the Jabba the hut from, um, a the new Phantom hope. Menace. Oh, no, a the new one hope. from a new hope. The one um, Solo. before they CG'd him in <laughs> the guy oh, in that, the fur coat. The guy in the fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, uh, Captain Solo, you owe me some money, man. I mean, that, <laughs> that's what the guy looked like. He just, you owe me money, man. Where's my money, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my money? Where's my money? <laughs> You got money for fake mustaches, but not to pay me back, huh? How much that fake mustache cost you? So yeah, oh, yeah. My, <laughs> <laughs> all my Star Wars fans are freaking out, 
fans, all my Star Wars friends are freaking out about it and like, oh, this movie better not suck. And it made me think like this movie's going to suck. You know why it's going to suck? Because nothing in Star Wars has been good since Disney acquired it. That's a large part of it, actually. But the biggest part of it is there's too many expectations. People are mm. going to go into it wanting a direct ripoff of the game that it's based off of. That's what they're going to go in expecting is like, oh, this is the story I know of Knights of the Old Republic. Disney's like forced themselves to like meet that mold. And if they don't do it the way that the fans think it should be done, fans are going to freak out about it. Yeah, they kind of more or less would have to do a shot for shot remake of the video game. Yeah. And the video game has multiple endings. So they'll ha they'd also have to choose the ending that they believe the majority of fans actually thought was the canon ending, which might not be the one that they want to use because Disney never made Knights of the Old Republic part of the new canon. Yeah. So they might decide like, oh, we don't want to go with that ending. We want to go with this ending over here. And that's the reason I think it's going to fail and the fans are going to get pissed off is because if they do come up with an original story for it based in that time period, it's not the story fans were expecting. If it is the story fans were expecting, they didn't do a good enough job at it. They didn't follow the story that they wanted them to follow. They didn't cast the right character to play Darth Revan. I, I certainly uh, would be uh, am interested in seeing a movie about that because I, I actually love the older public lore a lot more than I even do the future versions, I guess you could say, because it just it just had a lot more feel to it. But it's it's a big universe. And yeah, I just just back back with those ones. They're they're pretty good. And I was a huge fan. I played, you know, the hell is that one? The online one. I can't even think of what it's called now. Are we talking Star Wars Galaxies or Star Wars The Old Republic? The Old Republic. I never played Galaxies, although I heard it was really cool. It was just way too big of a game. But anyway, uh, yeah, The Old Republic. I loved the stories in that and and how they were pulling stuff together in it. The downside is, of course, it's an online game and everything ends up just getting really repetitive. But uh, I love that Star Wars time frame. Whoever created it was awesome. Speaking of awesome, you know who's awesome? I am duh. Batman. Da -da 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 Batman. Do you know who's not awesome? Edward Cullen. <laughs> yeah. Also known as Robert Pattinson. So speaking about casting somebody in a role that people don't think should be cast <laughs> in the role, Robert Pattinson is Batman. So is he he's not Bruce Wayne though, right? Do we know yeah, that? He'll be He's cast as Bruce Wayne. The movie's actually going to be more about Bruce Wayne than Batman. Okay, then, yeah, they failed. Like, if they had done a continuation type Batman, you know, hey, I'm passing the mantle on, I probably would be a lot easier going for me. But if he's supposed to be Bruce, oh, dear. Yeah, so the story for the movie was originally supposed to be an early adventure of Batfleck with a different character playing Batman because Batfleck is too old to play the younger version and they weren't going to spend the money on de-aging him in mm -hmm. post. So that's what the original story was supposed to be. But now they've gotten into this thing where it's like, oh, well, we don't want to connect our movies anymore. So every movie is going to be disconnected from the rest of the movies and go. It's supposed to be a movie that's focusing more on the mystery detective side of the Batman comics rather than the action vigilante side. I feel that's going to flop really bad.
I'm kind of concerned why they keep rebooting this. Like, I know Batman's a popular comic book character and everything like that, but for me personally, the Dark Knight series, the last recent Batman that I was just like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, and even at that, it was uh, the, the first two. It wasn't even the last one. The last one was okay. Yeah, the last one was okay, but when I was watching those, I'm like, they finally captured that that darkness, you know, that mm-hmm. that they actually portrayed in the comic books. At least that's how I felt, anyway. Yeah, I thought I thought Christopher Nolan did an awesome job with them, and I think most people agree with that in the world. Uh, since then, man, that that last trilogy was the best one that they've had, and they really should have kept every story going based off of that one. They never should have changed, you know, never tried to reboot that crap. Yeah. I mean, how many times has he been rebooted? Seriously. Four? Five? Well, you have the Tim Burton series, which all four of those movies, even though two of them weren't Tim Burton, all of those are supposed to be the same continuity. Right. Held together by uh, the most amazing Alfred ever. Truth. The Dark Knight trilogy would be the first reboot. The next reboot would be Batfleck, and now Robert Pattinson's a reboot, I guess. I mean, we still might see Batfleck appear in like Aquaman 2 or The Flash. Or Wonder Woman 2. Who knows? I hope we see more of Batfleck. I like Batfleck. I didn't know if I was going to like him. I did not like Batman versus Superman. It was a stupid movie and it was very poorly done. But as far as the actors go, like this is how I feel about the DC extended universe. They cast the most amazing actors for these roles and every one of them fits the role so perfectly. But then they put them in the shittiest story ever. Hmm. I don't even know. I mean, DC is burned out on them i i have been for a while of disenfranchised whatever you want to call it they just done too much to wreck it i mean i i found that a lot of their shows are pretty good but as far as their movies go i I think they really need to back off the movies for like five to ten years and start it back up later what about the newest joker movie that's coming oh yeah i'm interested in seeing it because i want to see how crazy man in real life pulls off crazy man on movie screen i actually like joaquin phoenix a lot i I have for a long time i think the first movie i really remember seeing him in was since signs and he's pretty funny in that pretty good in that but i I think he can pull the joker off really well but i feel like they're trying to pull the woe is me i'm a victim card and that's how he became the joker rather than just being a bad guy altogether and dumped an acid or however he came to be. The movie does look like it's going to be pretty good. I am worried about the trend that Hollywood has been falling into with trying to make the bad guys sympathetic by giving them a relatable background that led to them to being bad guys. Joker does feel like a character that should just be like, he's just kind of an insane asshole. Let's go with it. He doesn't need rhyme or reason behind why he did what he did. He just did it. Yeah. And that was... That's kind of from everything I've ever seen. That's that pretty much his character is uh, he likes to cause chaos. And and that was really all that it came down to. What do you think about it, Vixie? What did like you saw the trailer? What did you think about the trailer? Oh, I liked how gritty it looked, but um, probably I'm on the same page about origin stories. I, I think I'm interested to see how they pull it all together and make it relatable. But I don't personally have an interest in relating to the Joker. He's not ever been one of my favorite villains, but that's just a personal thing. Uh, but I am interested to see how it gets done. I don't think anybody wants to be related to have any type of relation with the Joker. Yeah, that's that guy's a, bad a little, idea. Yeah, I feel like he'd rub off on you a little bit. I do know people who really love the Joker as a character, though. Um, 
maybe because it's a way to uh, explore their darker sides sometimes. Maybe. You guys are all wrong. Harley Quinn wants to have relations with the Joker. Oh, my bad. I am sorry. Of course, if you look at some of the fan art, she also wants to have relations with Poison Ivy, too. So uh, I don't know what way that girl's swinging. Uh, who cares? She can be whoever <laughs> she wants to be. She is. But be who you want to be. Like, oh, that's point true. is, though, she definitely <laughs> wants relations with the Joker. And now I am feeling dirty because I'm thinking about the Batman animated series, Harley with the Batman animated series, Poison Ivy. And I'm. <clears throat> let's it's move on to trailer hot. reviews. Let's talk That's about Terminator hot. Dark Fate. Yeah, we're done talking about that. Terminator, <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate. So there's a Harley Quinn and the Poison Ivy, the uh, the original series, the original animated series. Woo! That could be real fun. <clears throat> I wonder if the SimCity 2000 soundtrack is free to use because I need to put it to a background of this because, you know, SimCity 2000 had a porn soundtrack. Yes, they did. Oh, <laughs> uh... I always, yeah, I remember thinking that when I was in middle school and that game came out and I'm like, it's this porn music. I don't even understand this. And then you have like the, the, the chicks reticulating splines as you log on and you're like, that seems slightly uh, pornographic. I mean, Hey, that was the time period where uh, porn stars were in our video games. So whatever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Phantasmagoria. Wait, the chicken Phantasmagoria was a porn star. Wait, maybe not. Crap. <laughs> I'm guessing you're thinking of Wing Commander, aren't you? Oh, I was totally thinking of the mechanic in Wing Commander. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. Also known as Ginger. Yep. <laughs> Ginger Rogers. I think that was her name, right? I don't know her last name. I just remember her first name was Ginger. And you can't find her videos anymore because like, all of her videos were with Tracy Lord, who was 16. So they've had to pull them all. So you can't get any of them anymore. Oh, I bet you could find them on the dark web. I... I'm not going on the dark web to look for 70s porn. So <laughs> there's a there's a there's a lot of uh, brush and, and uh, forestry you have to get through for that one. It's not easy to get into into that stuff on the, uh, you know, it's a lot of cutting and hacking. You have to get to some choking on shrubbery. Yeah, I have a feeling that this dude cast is going to be very explicit. <laughs> Isn't it already tagged that way? Yeah, yeah, it got tagged that way for a reason. Uh, like, I, I think I see where we're going with this. And uh, <laughs> there's a reason we call him J-Ro the Offendo. That's me. I meant to get a bell today and I completely forgot to. Oh, well, anyway. I, I could have got one while I was looking at horse stuff. Ugh, why didn't I think of that? I don't know. Do they have cowbells? Dude, I think they did. I think I saw one. I have to find the right one. There's a specific size of one that you have to get to make the right sound. Yeah, this podcast definitely needs more cow- cowbell. Yes, it does. Anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> so, anyway, we were supposed to be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to be moving on to, uh, to trailer reviews. and uh, We were not supposed to go on, on a tangent there. Tangent. <laughs> uh, well, while yes. we're at it, what do you think, Pixie? <laughs> I am so glad I muted myself with that whole thing. <laughs> why oh we missed out on some something there apparently just stunned silence and keeping my mouth shut that's what you missed out on <laughs> yeah i totally don't believe her i don't either <laughs> Man. Anyway. oh well we missed out on something all right terminator 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 i barely knew her <laughs> wait who are we terminating <laughs> I don't know. It's supposed to be doing Terminator, though. 
uh, Dark World or whatever. Dark it's called. Fate. Dark Fate. <laughs> so I watched the trailer and I get done with the trailer and it's obvious from the trailer that Arnold is not going to be playing a Terminator. Or is he? Or at least not much of one. I mean, looks like his, uh, his you know, metal bones are deteriorating and he forgot to drink his liquid metal to, to keep those bones stiff and strong. Dude, the new liquid metal Terminator that they showed looked really freaking cool. That's wicked. I mean, he's got it over an exoskeleton so it can come off. That's definitely no, uh, uh, the next stage that would happen in compared to what happened on Terminator 3. What they yeah. call them? Nano or Nanites or something like that? Yeah, I think that's what it was in Terminator 3. Yeah. I so. wasn't digging the endoskeleton under the chick's skin. Like, that was really weird. What was the point to that? Toughness? I don't know. Terminator 3 wasn't that great of a movie. There's a lot of... Dude, I'm talking about Dark Fate. I know. You were talking about the endoskeleton chick, though. And she's the the Terminator in the third one. No, the uh, chick in in Dark Fate that's got the endo... like the that's mech. a chick? That's a chick. I thought that was a dude. A lot of people did. Oh my gosh. Dude. Androgynous. That like how the character is supposed to be. So interesting. I really thought it was a dude. Huh. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. A lot of people, when they first saw the posters and stuff, thought that it was the new John Connor. Like that was the new actor for John Connor. And then it was like, <laughs> oh wait, that's supposed to be a new person from the future. And it's a chick. So I don't get what the mesh thing under her skin is supposed to be about it. I mean, maybe it's just there to... It's so that you can have two of them. No, she doesn't do that. I think you're oh. completely confused about what's happening here. So what I was getting from like the vibe from the trailer is that they're uh, trying to get more human-like. And that's why like when you're looking at the stitchings under her arms and with that metal, it's more closer together than it would be with the other Terminators. Yeah, but she's supposed to be a human that had that done to her. Hmm. That's the part that I don't get. Maybe it's going to turn out like with the... One with Christian Bell, where she thinks she's a human, but she's really a Terminator. I can see that. I do like the mesh, though. Like, it shows that by postponing the Judgment Day the way that they did, it allowed our science to advance further, which allowed the science that they're using in the future to be better. So, like, whereas Kyle Reese came back in time and he was just straight up human against machine, Mm -hmm. they were able to modify her in a way that gave her a chance against the machine. But I don't like it because it looks like the way they're going with the story is now John Connor is not important anymore because they postponed the Judgment Day. So now somebody else became the resistance leader. And like that's how they're rebooting it is saying, okay, well, they pushed it back far enough that John wasn't relevant, which makes sense to an extent. But if uh, now I have not seen Terminator Genesis, but from what I saw in it is that basically he becomes a Terminator and that might be what they're going off of. Now it's a, from what I understand, it's ignoring Genesis, um, the Christian bell one and Terminator three. It's a direct sequel to Terminator two. And it's pretending like all of the others happened in a different timeline and didn't exist. Well, that's interesting. So then, yeah, what happened to John then? Maybe they're keeping that. Maybe they're keeping that under wraps. Maybe they're just not letting people see it. Maybe that's who Arnold's really playing. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's who he's got. Maybe he. Maybe when the. Maybe he's in the house that that uh, Arnold is in. Because of fan reactions to the trailer being like, "What happened to John? Why is John not important? This looks stupid. John should be the hero." They did come out and say that John's story is part of this movie. So. I guess we'll see. 
Oh, I was going to say, bottom line on the surface of it, I'm actually pretty excited for it because I love the Terminator series. And even though Terminator 3 was a terrible movie, uh, I still hide them all in high high regard. I mean, Terminator 2 obviously is the best. And then, uh, to be honest, one of my favorite ones, and again, this actually kind of goes back to how Rogue One came about. Uh, I really like the Christian Bale one because it showed the war. It didn't show as much as I wanted it to, but uh, that's actually in my top. I'd say that's probably my second favorite just because it actually shows the the grittiness and everything that was happening during the war. But I really I will say this. I really liked Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I'm really upset still, similarly to Serenity or Firefly, I should say, uh, being canceled. I'm, I'm equally upset, maybe not equally, but I'm still pretty upset they canceled that one, too. What about you, Scotty? What? How did you feel after watching that trailer? Like, did it make you want to go see the movie? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, like after watching Terminator Three, like I just, I kind of just stopped caring about the Terminator series. <laughs> um, I know that they did like the the TV show and everything afterwards, and I watched a few episodes, but it wasn't enough to really capture my interest to keep going with it. Um, after watching this trailer, I'm kind of like all right, I can see where they're kind of going with this. It's something new, a little bit fresh, kind of stepping outside of what they have been doing so far. So I would definitely go and see it. Part of what part of what did actually excite me about it was the fact that James Cameron is back involved with it. I mean, it was his baby to begin with. And that was another selling point for me too, is James Cameron's taking it back over. Yeah. And he didn't give anybody ginormous eyes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that's yet to be seen, right? Oh, that's maybe true. that's why they're that's not showing true. John is they know that the reveal is going to be he's got these huge, lovable eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Okay, so what was about the... I mean, why are you commenting about big eyes right now? Is it because of Alita? And Avatar. His last two big things have had characters with the huge eyes. But Alita was kind of supposed to have big oh, eyes. Dude, dude I, I totally dig Alita. Like, I love that movie. And I love the character design for her. And it all turned out great. Whew. There's a reason I, I've already bought the movie because I love that movie. See, I was worried about the eyes for a little bit because I was like, that looks funky. It drives me nuts. But after watching it in the theater, I'm like, okay, I can, I can, I can jump on board because the movie was great. Yeah. At first I was like, why is she the only one with the big eyes? Like when I saw the trailer and it looked bad. And then the next trailer came out and they had finished the effects a little bit more and her eyes looked a little bit better. But I was still like, why are her eyes so freaking big? I don't care. I'm still going to go see the movie. But <laughs> like, we had this conversation when we first met. Like, I've been waiting for that movie for 10 years. There was nothing that was going to stop me from seeing that movie. Yeah, I remember the determination in your voice. Like, nothing, nothing will stop me from seeing this movie. <laughs> and it was like one of the first things that you and I actually talked about. <laughs> After Space Quest. That's true. I said Space Quest, and then you finally started talking to me. It was great. <laughs> and we immediately became best friends. It was That's like, true. Space Quest? Space Quest. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, sir, are, we did. You guys are living that that meme where they're like, with uh, the two guys, they're like, I hate Trump. I do, too. And then they're touching each other's dicks. Well, yeah, without the dick touching. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, they're grabbing each other. You know, they stick their hand out to do the handshake. I I think it's more of a reenactment of that scene from Step Brothers. But yeah, Yeah, that's more closely related. (laughs) I have not seen Step Brothers, so I don't know. Which is also a meme. (laughs) 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, wow. Anyway, that, I know, uh, we'll that final got note awkward. Too. I'm, I'm really, so I'm trying to steer us back. Uh, final note too is uh, I actually am glad to see Linda Hamilton back as as Sarah Connor because kind of missed her in in the last few movies and killing her off because of cancer. That was like the dumbest death ever. You know who I've missed in the last few movies? John Picard. Oh. See, we said the same thing. Is yeah, John, yeah, John, John, John Picard. That's John what I Luke, said. Yeah, that's John what I said. Picard. <laughs> John. Picard. And by last few movies, I'm in last few Star Trek movies. Obviously, unless you're unless you're Q, then it's Gene Luck Pickard. <laughs> uh, good old Q. They really needed to bring him in as like the ultimate antagonist. I was going to say bad guy, but he wouldn't be a bad guy. He'd just be an antagonist. Yeah. He would have been great. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually very excited because first of all, it's not being done by CBS like that train wreck of a TV show they've got going on right now. It's being done Which by Amazon. Uh, I don't know something about looking through the stars and space and finding things. Uh, there's a word for it, and I just discovery. Yes, that's that's where I was going with that dumbass. You oh. ruined my joke. You walked all over my little joke. There. Yeah, I did because it wasn't going anywhere. You discovered really discovered it. I you discovered, discovered, I discovered your joke. You discovered my joke. Oh, God, bad dad jokes. Anyway, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it because it looks like it's going to be kind of kind of cool, and it feels almost like it picks up where where uh, all good things is, you know, where it's in the, where he's in the future, uh, just tending to his his vineyard and whatnot. I have bad news for you. I have to break your heart now. Oh no! What? It's being produced by CBS. Amazon is its international distributor only. Oh damn it! <laughs> I hate you. In fact, part of the reason it's taken so long for it to get out is because CBS had to redo all of the costume designs for it right as they were about to start production because they were told by the people in charge of their merchandising contract that if they went with whatever costuming and like set designs they were using, that they wouldn't get any, like no toys were going to be made, that there was not going to be any merchandise done, that they had to come up with something new. Why? Because whatever they had wasn't recognizable as Star Trek. That's weird. Yeah. It was like, obviously Picard's outfit's not going to be recognizable as Star Trek. He's not a Starfleet officer anymore. Yeah. But the way that they designed whatever like ships he was supposed to be on, like the interior design wasn't looking like anything that we've seen before. The costumes, as far as like uniforms and stuff, didn't look like anything. And they basically came back and said, you guys did this on Discovery. We can't sell anything because people don't recognize it as Star Trek. They look at it and they say, yeah, that it says Klingon, but it's not Klingon. That says Starfleet, but that's not a Starfleet uniform. I am unaware of this. That's probably because I haven't watched that show, but I did not know that was a thing. I mean, the Klingons are purple. Oh, yeah, that's right. But then the original Klingons didn't look Klingon either. So no, it didn't. People will get used to it. Used they, to it. They, they didn't look Klingon, no. However, the, the, the real answer to that was that they just had a costume change. I mean, they just decided to make them look a little bit more gruff and everything. But there was a progression through... The start uh, through the movies and then through the start of the next generation until towards the end and, and up into Deep Space Nine and whatnot, where uh, you can actually see a progression of the costume change. And then they explain in Deep Space Nine that it was a virus, essentially, and they were having 
you know, it was an off time or what it was a virus, right, DJ? Yeah, it was a retrovirus. Yeah. And they finally were able to conquer it and they started growing their ridges back and whatnot. So they actually very well closed that plot hole. I don't see how they close a plot hole with purple skinned Klingons. Yeah, it was just them wanting to make the Klingons more alien. Right, because the ridges aren't enough to make them look alien. Right. (laughs) I mean, wow. Uh, The other reason for it, though, is CBS owns Star Trek. I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. But so does Paramount. Mm -hmm. And they're not owned by the same people anymore. Mm -hmm. So CBS never should have owned Star Trek. It should have always been owned by Paramount. The design of the Klingons belongs to Paramount. The design of the costumes, the uniforms, the designs of the ship. So basically, like all of the production side of it, like the designs, uh, the artwork, the concept, all of that belongs to Paramount. Everything else belongs to CBS. I was hoping that CBS would reveal in Discovery that First Contact had changed history so that everything taking place in this in their new shows and all of that was taking place in an alternate timeline from the one we knew because Jean-Luc Picard changed history by going back and stopping the board. Hmm. But they didn't and it didn't. Nope. And if, but if they'd done it, then they could have said, Hey, well now we can continue forward and just say that all of our stuff is in an alternate universe. We can change costumes the way we want to change them and just justify it all as this is a new timeline that is very similar, like very, very close. Most things happened the same way, but there are subtle changes. Like instead of having the yellow, red, blue uniforms they have uniforms that look more like the ones from star trek enterprise but they didn't instead they decided they were going to send discovery 900 years into the future where there's nothing that we can look at and say well that doesn't look like star trek because it's a time period in star trek nobody knows so it can look like however they want it to look like well speaking of which a terrible series it's trek series but we'll uh, go into what the best one is in my humble opinion would be deep space nine and i think it captured more of what gene roddenberry should have been or what would have put across had he lived out his time here. And the reason I think it's the best one is because it shows the reality of what would happen in space. Don't get me wrong. I love all of them except, well, since I love all of them, but TNG, love TNG, love the original series. I mean, it's campy and whatnot, but, you know, that's kind of its own thing. But back in the original series, there was an entire war thing. And the thing that I always hear from Star Trek lovers is that there was always so peaceful and that's all it is. Well, that's that would be Starfleet and the Federation are more peaceful and explorers, but they were at war with the Klingons during the entire original series. I mean, and the movies continued that that process. And they were in a cold war with the Romulan. Exactly. So this idea that that everything was peaceful and neat and whatnot is a falsehood if you're not looking at the whole story. And a lot of people don't. And I think that what they did with Deep Space Nine was a really good thing of bringing in a new bad guy who literally had the ability to take over the the, the quadrant and the galaxy. The uh, you know the Romulans couldn't do it; they couldn't fight back the Federation, and the, the Klingons couldn't. So instead, they go the way of you know this this enemy is so big that they all have to end up uniting to take it out, you know, and that really is the way it would go because I'm sorry, if there is life out there, our planet is a microcosm of what would happen in the galaxy. It just is there. There would be war no matter what, no matter who's peaceful or whatever. That's the reason why Starfleet has ships of war, even though they're exploration ships, they still have weapons on them and generally used as defensive. Yes, they did often use them for offensive purposes as well and that that is the the biggest reason why i think ds9 is the best one is because it was a lot closer to reality and 
to just life that there is. It's not all peaceful exploration and every episode ends with a nice little ending and some kind of lesson to be learned. They they actually didn't all end that way. There was a lot of twists and turns and, and sad moments and the end of it, of course, with, with Cisco becoming a prophet was actually not really something I, I saw coming, but apparently that was what was what Ira Stephen Bear had seen Cisco being from the get-go was that he was going to become that, and he saw it through to the end, which was awesome. It's true. DS9 is the best of the Trek. Mm-hmm. And it has Man. the coolest captain. I love Ben Cisco. He is great. Yeah. And he marries a pretty hot chick, too, you know. Twice. Right? <laughs> and he hates Picard because Picard killed his first wife. That's true. Yeah, he is not a fan of Picard. Which was also another thing, too, is that there was there was uh, actual grit between, you know, ranking officers that that didn't really happen much in, in TNG. I mean, you know, there was the, there was underlying tones of contention and it even happened in the last couple seasons with the Admiral. And I can't remember his character's name. I keep thinking Hayes, but that's a different one. But he uh, you know, there was contention between Cisco and, and the Admiral, too. And especially when the the Romulan Alliance was there, so it, it showed real, you know, just real world scenarios, and I think that's that's why you know I relate to it. And both TNG and Deep Space Nine were on uh, the same, you know, growing up. I grew up on those two, so and I grew up on Voyager too. But Voyager lost me after the first couple seasons. I, I can honestly compare the two and and say that I just really think it's just real life. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm not getting any pushback from anybody. Well, who's going to argue against? Anybody want to fight me, oh, yeah. Scott? Scotty's got to be the voice of dissension. And Joe Scotty. The best. Oh, you son of a bitch. No, it's not. It's the second <laughs> yeah, it best. Hey, at least nope. you didn't say Enterprise is the best. Oh, I would have I would have reached through my microphone and strangled him with that one. <laughs> I will say that post Riker's beard, TNG is probably <laughs> better than DS9. But that time period with Babyface Riker, uh, it really hurts the overall show's ranking in comparison to DS9. That was pretty good, like, from moment one. It was... Yeah, and, and, and TNG is, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. And part of that actually had to do with the network. Um, I don't know if you know this, but when Roddenberry pitched his idea for TNG, they told him that, that he can't have ongoing storyline, that he has to wrap every episode up, and which is what they did in uh, the original series, too. But it was a little bit easier because it was just barely getting off the ground. You know, the Starfleet was was still in its infancy during TNG. It's 100 years later. They're they're already ex- out there. They've already gone out and explored a lot of the places. So it was a little bit harder for him to do it. But he's like, but I have a but he also had a story arc he wanted to continue with that he wanted to have happen. And so so he went when he pitched it, he said, yeah, I want it to be a continuing art. And they told him no. And too bad that those bugs did not test well with test audiences. Oh, Otherwise, I know. we would have actually seen his story arc. Exactly. You know, so but what happened was that after after the first season, Paramount got a fair amount of pushback from the audience going like, hey, what, what are you doing? You know, let's let's get this. Let's get this thing off the ground. So after that, so during the third season, that's that's when that arc started to actually take place is uh, as a continuing story. So basically from season three to seven is a continuation of the entire storyline but with deep space nine it started at episode one season one and they were a 259 hour movie basically or however many episodes it was Riker's still a pimp so truth Riker is definitely my favorite first officer every one of his ds9 episodes he owned mm-hmm. yeah the guy actually jonathan frakes is a freaking amazing director Bottom line is, you know, I it's 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 a point of contention with me as to the reason people don't like Deep Space Nine, and it's like this is a lot closer to 
what Gene Roddenberry was trying to get to. You know, I guess the other part of it is too people like I don't like the wormhole gods. Well, yeah, the wormhole gods are dumb. <laughs> that was that was DJ, not me. He said it. They're gonna hit yeah, you with an asteroid. I said now. it. I said it. <laughs> you know, and, and part of that was just because there isn't supposed to be any religion, and that was the other part is that they introduced, you know, introducing the Bajorans with their religion came about in TNG, but so did Native Americans, you know? So the idea that, you know, if I remember right, he actually was an atheist, yeah, or at least agnostic, but wasn't that he was so disconnected from reality that in the future there wouldn't be races of people that believed in gods and higher beings. I mean, hell, the Klingons did. Yeah, they did. So th- this whole this whole idea where religion shouldn't exist in Star Trek and and you know all that stuff is it it just doesn't fly because it's not it's not accurate it it did and Gene Roddenberry wrote that stuff in anyway enough about my spiel Deep Space Nine you're just sitting here rambling on Scotty's quiet Vixie's quiet I know I'm enjoying the conversation but we got to bring these <laughs> other people back into it I I mean <laughs> I did just watch Deep Space Nine from beginning to end over two or three months recently. Mm-hmm. But I need to still go back to The Next Generation. I did it the wrong way around. So I haven't seen The Next Generation since I was too young to understand everything that was going on. So okay. I'm a bit limited on my opinion there. Um, and I would probably say Voyager is still my favorite. Oh, that knife hurts. <laughs> oh, I just got the stabbing pain in my chest. Yeah, you get used to it. Uh, <laughs> hey. No, Voyager was good, and it had a great idea until everything revolved around the Borg. That that was when they lost me. Yeah, when they powered down the Borg so everything can revolve around the Borg, that's... <sighs> yeah. But hey, I watched TNG with Little Dude not long ago, first season only, and all he got out of it was, wait, suns can blow up? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they cover that in Generations, too. Yeah, he spent an entire year after that where he was like, one day our sun's going to blow up. And I'm like, dude, that's millions of years away. We're fine. You won't be here for it. Billions. I think it's actually over a billion years away. Yeah, it's a long time. And I was like, dude, you're not going to be alive for it. And he's like, but what if I am? And I'm like, (laughs) I like your optimism. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to come over and give your your kid heart palpitations by telling him, yeah, it's going to blow up in 50 years. I have scientific proof. <laughs> uh, just come over and be like, hey, dude, did you hear that uh, Yellowstone's going to erupt soon? And he will freak his shit. Oh, you should give <laughs> him some facts on that one. How the caldera is rising. The world's not even going to last until the sun blows up at this rate. No, it's not. I think our Wyoming or our Yellowstone supervolcano will end up trashing the earth long before the sun gets its chance. Or we will be superheated where we can't grow any crops anymore. Or we'll just kill off all the honeybees. We should not go down this road. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a good idea with me. Yeah, the honeybees. That that one's the scary one because without the pollination, then... I happen to like food a lot, so this this matters to me. Oh, I like food way too much. I mean... Uh, We'll still be able to get along without a lot. Like, a lot of the food that'll go away, it'll be like, oh, well, that sucks. But chocolate's going to go away, and I don't think we can get along without that. And oh, coffee. Chocolate. Eh. Eh. Without coffee. What? What? Jero, you might not like chocolate, but I'm pretty sure your wife does. Yeah, she she does. She likes it. Okay. Happy wife, happy life, man. 
<laughs> I mean, there's not going to be no, any chocolate. There's not going to be any roses. What are men going to do when they fuck up? I don't know. Cause at that point in time, I'll be all out of my uh, crazy person pills and, you know, be off doing something crazy. And, and, you know, I don't know. I'll just be dead. Let's move on to uh, Bethesda stuff. Yeah. Let's move on to gaming stuff. Let's, let's get away mm-hmm. from all of this movies and TV and junk and talk about how Bethesda got caught plagiarizing people again. And this time they weren't plagiarizing JJ or me. They were plagiarizing like people who matter. We're talking about the D and D, right? Yeah. D and D. Oh, I got to hear this. Did you hear about this, J-Row? I uh, have not heard anything about this. I was looking forward to this segment for you guys to enlighten me. How about you, Vixie? Have you heard about Bethesda getting caught plagiarizing Dungeons & Dragons? I heard about it. Yes. I mean, you're playing Elder Scrolls Online right now, so I assume you (laughs) (laughs) Well, Elder Scrolls Online is is more ZeniMax than Bethesda, thank goodness. It's not Elder Scrolls Online that had the storyline. It was their tabletop game based off of ESO, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, created, or I can't say they created it. They went to an obscure, semi-obscure D&D pre-made adventure, and they decided to just basically cut specific parts out that referenced the D&D world that it came from and pasted in Elder Scrolls locations and names instead. And any name that didn't belong to anybody specific in the Elder Scrolls universe that like they didn't feel was important to change, They left it in there and then they went through like the flavor text and like changed it to similar phrases. But when you look at what they're saying with everything, it all means the exact same thing. Yeah. So comparatively, like one wagon from the one side and then the ESO is one cart. It's like that's the same damn thing, guys. Yeah, like they used different words to describe what was in the cart and the inventory of both of them was like exactly the same. Yep, exactly the same. Yeah, so Bethesda's got that lawsuit. That I learned that they have other lawsuits going on for uh, plagiarizing and stealing ideas from people. They stole from JJ once. How did they get, how did they uh, do that one? He was on their forums and I'm not sure exactly how it worked out, but he had linked to Chronicles and I don't know if they actually did this or if it's just a huge coincidence but in skyrim there's a lot of stuff that very closely resembles notes and stuff that he had been working on at the time that they were developing the game so once he went and started playing skyrim he was like wait a second this feels exactly like this like backstory for this one character and the like notes and everything for that character were available on my website forum called Chronicles. And this character, there was an entire thread talking about it and it was publicly open. These threads have now later after this happened, we took all those threads and we hid them so people couldn't see them. But this one was open. It was like a discussion between me and him on different things he could do with the character and like building up the backstory and all that. And everything from like this one character ended up inside of Skyrim. And he was like, what the deuce? And he ended up having to change like a huge chunk of his lore because now it looked like he was copying Skyrim. Wow. And if he'd had the gumption, he could have totally sued him. And that was the problem was he had no way of proving, even though he was on the forum and in his on their forums and in his profile, he had linked to my forums. He had no way of proving that anybody from Bethesda had followed that link and read his post there. That's a damn shame. It's probably for the better. The stuff he writes now is a little bit better than it was back then. A lot better than what he wrote back then. (laughs) What he wrote back then was pretty bad. A lot of what I wrote back then was pretty bad. Like, well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. 
Just ask Vixie. She saw all the stuff I wrote back then. Goodness. Some of the stuff I wrote back then is still around. Yeah, I still have some of the stuff you wrote back then. Let's not go there. (laughs) Oh, not that stuff. (laughs) What? No, I mean, like, let's not go back that far for any of my writings. Have I mentioned how much I just don't like Bethesda and never have? Yes, you have. At least us. And I have people who were like, dude, in fact, I think I had this talk with Scotty. Probably. When we first met back in the, back in the, did we just become best friends age? Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, our best friend status almost got injured because I said something about fallout. Mm. And I think he likes fallout if I remember. So I like fallout to number four. And then it was when fallout 76 was announced. I looked at that and I was like, wait, this isn't, the right direction for Bethesda to go. And then when it launched and it failed pretty miserably, like I know friends that like playing that game, but I don't, (laughs) I felt like that was a big flop for them. And like, I've lost my interest in fallout, but I did like, like the original, like the first and second one. And then fallout three was really good. And then fallout four was a little bit of the same stuff, but I enjoyed it as well. I've never played the fallout series. So neither. I couldn't tell you. So my problem with Bethesda, and this is what I told Scotty back then, was at the point we were having that conversation, Fallout 4 had been out for a while. Oblivion had been out for a while. Skyrim had been out for a while. All of them still have like thousands of bugs known to Bethesda that they haven't touched. And they've required their modder community to create mods that fix their bugs. I can't respect a company that does that. That was that is my big problem with Bethesda is that they create these massive games that could be great, but they don't seem to have a department within Bethesda that's dedicated to updating and fixing the games once they've been released. I understand a game that big, you can't find all of the bugs before release, but they don't seem to have anybody dedicated to fixing those bugs after the release. Well, uh, great segue here for that. Uh, speaking of people not finding bugs and whatnot, uh, how about that uh, alpha access stuff you wanted to talk about? <laughs> yeah. And how they've conned us into paying them. Yeah. For uh, doing their job. I was on Kickstarter. There's a new version of Fantasy Grounds coming out that's built in Unity instead of using their own thing. Fantasy Grounds is a piece of software that allows you to play Dungeons and Dragons as a virtual tabletop and connect with other people and they can join your tabletop. It was using their own engine for a while, but they've decided they're going to use Unity to get some better features and better multiplayer connectivity, which is super brilliant to them. But I got on Kickstarter to back it and I was looking at their uh, tiers and one of their tiers is paying them a bunch of money. It was a lot of money to get alpha access to it. And I was like, what? And then I started going and looking and I found other games that are, they're still kind of like an indie group to me, but I found other games from like actual developers that had tiers where it's like, oh, you can get alpha access at this dollar price point. And I was like, wait, 10 years ago, companies were paying me 50 to $100 saying, hey, we'll give you $50 with like a $50 gift card to Walmart. All you have to do is play our video game for two hours and then let us know what kind of bugs you find. And now it's like, okay, so they've gone from like going out and finding gamers and paying them. Like they've found a way to change our mindset so that we will now pay them for the honor to test their games for them. When It's basically a job. They should be paying you to provide this service for them. And I just found it really interesting that now 
gamer culture has changed in the span of like 10 years to being like, oh, well, yeah, you don't have to pay me anymore. I want to play your game so freaking bad that I'll pay you money to get access to it early. <laughs> yeah, and that's not that's... the only game that's on on the plate as well. There's a couple of games that's come from, you know, major publishers over the last year or two. You know, they have a fully working alpha game and they're like, well, we're just not sure if we're going to make it or not. But if you, you know, kickstart the the game then we'll give you like digital art and you know access to the soundtrack early and stuff like that and it's like really guys the big sore in my side uh that has been for a while is uh star citizen <laughs> oh it sounds like oh. board there what's uh what's that you got going on there vixie you, you got that oh i i don't play it but i know people have sunk a lot into it and um they're still waiting for it to become good, like it's going to change. Um, they're they're like version alpha three, okay? And they're just still they're still in the creative process of like creating all these new ships, and people are buying like these fake ships. I've put a total of one hundred and seventy dollars of my own money into it, so I'm still kind of butthurt about that. But there's people that have put thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars into this game buying like every ship so that their hangar is filled with all these ships but it's a very very broken game um they do like video podcasting and things like that where they show you know that they're they are fixing the bugs they're using like the cry engine uh very heavily modified and everything like that so they are working at it but (laughs) the dream is so big but we're we're probably not going to be able to see the actual game in this lifetime (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Having spent that much on it too, you'd be quite invested in it actually happening. I would think with that many people investing that much into it, they have to do something with it now. Oh, they have their money, don't they? Yeah, they've they've got plenty of money. They're in like the yeah. billions of dollars. So my the one thing that got me was the persistent universe. Like they're talking, I can't remember, but being in the sixty-four bit architecture for computers, they can have like six battalion whatever the number is different planets so it's going to be like this huge universe but i don't think they were able to really figure out how the hell they're going to do that like the computing power and like how many servers you're probably going to need in order to have a live existing running universe they never really drew that out on paper to really figure out how to make that work so they were doing like these first person shooter things these uh levels where you can fly your your ships and everything like that do like ship races but the persistent universe which I was caught on with, they haven't really figured that out yet. <laughs> Ouch. You know, oh, I can't remember when they did that Kickstarter. Was it like seven years ago? But, uh, you know, people have come and gone, you know, spent their thousands and thousands of dollars of their hard-earned money for these things, and they keep promising that we're, you know, we're adding more content. Well, yeah, you're creating new ships, but I'm the person that bought on thinking that I was going to have a persistent universe, that I would be able to be my own person, like a scout type person, and set up like a mining thing and do trading and everything like that within the persistent universe. But that's the last thing on the list. So I'm sitting here going like checking the emails every once in a while. I'm like, are you guys done yet? Nope. Okay. I'll wait another year. That hurts. Wow. That sucks. That reminds me of uh, a lot of other games, but usually the games just disappear. Well, they have enough funding to keep the doors open for who knows how long. And I would really like to see the light of day when they actually come out of alpha and the game is not buggy and it's a functional game. Well, I'll let you know when EA gets all of their together for that too. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) Exactly my point. (laughs) 
EA and Activision probably are both going to be going under here soon, and we'll see the first of the big like publishers start falling apart because they just keep doubling down on the stuff that we really don't like. Mm-hmm. We as gamers really don't like. Yep. I think we should move on to uh, Dixie's contribution here. I'm very interested to hear this. Uh, she uh, put in. She, she want. Hmm. How do I? How do I approach this? Uh, is PC better than console? That Every is, time, all the that time. Is what, that is what she has decided to uh, to uh, fight us on, I guess. So uh, you're you're up there, Bixie. She vanished. She disappeared. We come to I her. I am here. I am come here. To her I segment, and she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure how I would fight you on this. Um, well, I, first we need the voice of dissension. Who's going to say that consoles are better than PC? Well, not me. So that's kind of part of it, though. That's part of what I wanted to talk about because uh, I was a big console player back when Halo was still my main game before I had a PC that would work and actually run good games. And um, I was pretty console loyal. I had an Xbox. I never really got into PlayStation, even though I wanted one. But Xbox was my game, uh, my game console, and Halo was my game franchise, basically. I played all the Halos. And where I stopped enjoying console was when they stopped making couch co-op standard feature and started saying well you need your own console now and your own screen and your own xbox live subscription and um if you want to play this with your friends that Um, is exactly why i stopped playing halo that last halo didn't have that and i was like oh well fuck this shit pretty much that was my reaction too Hmm. so i think that what consoles lost sight of was just how good they were for picking up and taking to someone's place and setting up real lands where you actually interacted with people and picked up two or four controllers and played on the same screen and had a lot of fun together. When they tried to put themselves onto the same basic market as the PC, they lose out because PC is just so much cheaper, the games are cheaper, more accessible, more modifiable, and there's just so much more support for them in general. Not to mention the fact that they look and sound a million times better. Customize your own setups, yes. On that point, that is part of the reason Nintendo's been killing it. And part of the reason why Nintendo has even stayed in the market is because they continued focusing on that. Hey, you're in your living room. Your friends are in your living room. Play Mario Party. Play Smash Brothers. Like They kept coming out with the games that required people to purchase multiple controllers, which is where Nintendo wanted to make their money is selling you multiple controllers. Well, how do they get you to buy all the multiple controllers other than making games that require those controllers. I have my PS4. I have two controllers for it just so that when one battery dies, I have another controller that works. <laughs> well, I will, I definitely will say this is that the, uh, I, I've really bought only one console for for my family in our entire lives. And it was a Wii. And it was because the intention was that we could all play together and buy a switch. Well, we're going to, I mean, we're getting there. But you you know what I mean though is that exactly what you were saying is uh, that there was, that feature wasn't available for Xbox or PlayStation, but it was for Wii, and we're like, well, the whole purpose is to hang out as a family and play video games together. So I mean, when the Wii came out, 
you still had Xbox with Halo and there was a lot of co-op still going on, but it was it was like toward the end of 360 and with Xbox One, it's like non-existent with PlayStation 3 toward the end and PlayStation 4, it was almost non-existent. I mean, with the PlayStation in general, they were killing it on like RPGs for a long time, but their RPGs suck now. So I don't know what they're making money on. Oh, Call of Duty. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the cash cow now. They still they still rolling out the Tony Hawk, or is that is that a time <laughs> gone by? <laughs> no, I I definitely remember like late nights, uh, 007 on the Nintendo 64, uh, over your friend's house, and you're up till three mm-hmm. four in the morning, just drinking all the Mountain Dew and eating cold pizza and just having a blast. Those were good times. Hell yeah, they were. Then uh, when the Xbox. 360 came out me and my cousin played through the gears of war series i had like a huge plasma tv and we just get in and just played dual screen and the same thing with halo so i've experienced that um definitely with the market now with like the ps4 and the xbox one it's definitely more segregated to where you have to have your own tv you have to have your own console in order to play multiplayer with your friends yep And that's another thing, too, is, you know, I know that with uh, Xbox, you have to pay an additional fee to everything else for your your Xbox Live stuff. Uh, I don't have anywhere where I can't play with friends on a PC. I can every every game I have, I can play it with a friend and it doesn't cost me anything extra. That's a big one for us. Like we are when I say we, um, I have a friend who used to play Halo with me all the time and we now play Elder Scrolls online all the time. And we're trying to move the people we knew from Elder Scrolls online on the console to come to PC and play with us on the PC servers. And we just we, we did the calculations or at least he did the calculations and um, he found that even taking into account uh, keeping your PC maintained and up to date, it's probably only about $6 per month more. And we're talking New Zealand dollars. So, I mean, basically $4 US maybe a month more to have a PC. And then you have the entire PC catalog of gaming available to you as well and all yeah. the functions of a PC. Yep. And then that's, you know, that's kind of the big thing is that, you know, people don't realize that it takes a computer to actually make all these video games. So they pretty much are already defaulted for PC. And you can play most of the games with controller support. So you don't even have to feel like you're not playing on a console most of the time. Exactly. That's that's very that's very true. And on top of that is that you can, if you want to have that mobility idea too, uh, you could, there are gaming laptops that blow a lot of desktops out of the water now. They are really amazing. So there's really not a reason not to do it. So we were talking about how uh, Halo lost its split screen and like playing on the same console went away. The reason it went away, and this came straight from uh, Microsoft, like, oh, we had to pull it out of Halo because rendering for two different characters on the same screen or four different characters on the same screen was just eating up so many pa- so much power. The Xbox One just couldn't keep up with it and keep the graphics at the right frames per second and that's the whole reason we had to drop it. Like it's making the game better for you guys. Well, you know, it doesn't have that problem with my PC. I can run 16 games. Had the exact I had World of Warcraft, StarCraft 2, Diablo 3, Civilizations 5, Heroes of Might and Magic 6, and Banished, uh, Cities, Skylines, uh, one of the Sims games, I think Titanfall, the first one, not the second one. And a bunch of other games open and at max graphics, all of them running at my on my computer at the same time. This time last year, 
when I replaced my liquid cooling and all that. And I was like, hey, I need to stress test this. I got all 16 of them going. And yeah, my computer was still running amazingly. I had like three different monitors going with different games on all of them at max graphics, not stressing it at all. But the Xbox One, which is actually supposed to be a little bit stronger than my current PC, can't do that with Halo. Sounds like it. they just made an excuse to say, no, we want your money for your Xbox Live. And that was something people accepted. Can we talk about how the Master Chief Collection is coming to PC? It is. Yes. I'm down with that. What's coming I'm to gonna PC? I'm going to buy it. Master Chief Collection. It's the first three games, I believe. Sweet. I'll actually get into it. I've never played Halo, so. Oh, it's in chronological order, too. So they're starting with Halo Reach. Oh, so it's the first four games. Or it's the first three games with Reach. I think they're trying to release all of the main storyline games. So it will, it will start with Reach. I'll have to, so is it going like Reach, then Halo 1 through 5? So like even the new ones are going to be part of it? Because I mean, he's still technically part of the story. 1 in through those. 3? I'm not sure yet. I'll look it up right now. They are having some difficulty with uh, coding it into PC, actually. So it's been delayed a little bit. Which is kind of funny because the first two Halos were on PC. Yeah. Well, they might be changing the graphics engine, too. Because, like, with the original Xbox, I think it was an NVIDIA chip, and they had special instruction sets for that particular thing. Like, even though these games were created on PC, the developer consoles had specific set instructions for those power PC CPUs, which is totally different from what this, like, your normal computer does as far as computing goes. So that execution code has to be rewritten. So that's one of the drawbacks of like bringing some of these games that were like on the older consoles onto a PC is the instruction set is completely different. That's what DOS box is for. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> we need an Xbox box to play yep. our Xbox games. <laughs> exactly. We need a Windows XP box because the, all of their instructions were for Windows XP. And I believe DOS box actually supports instructions through Windows XP now. Ooh, that's nice. I have also heard whispers that you can potentially link your old Xbox Live accounts to the PC version um, in future, which kind of sucks for me because I spent most of my Halo career guesting on somebody else's account and I have no stats. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> it, it does. Because <laughs> I, I was actually pretty good at Halo multiplayer. Nice. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I won't mind uh, invest dropping dropping a few bucks on that. All I can find is stuff on Halo 6, right? Oh, hey, I found something on Halo Master Chief Collection coming to PC, and I open it up, and guess what happened to me, Scotty? What's that? It crashed? You have Adblock turned oh. on. Ah, uh, yes. Good old Adblock. While I look this up, let's segue into talking about how much Adblock sucks. Wait, no, it doesn't. Adblock is amazing. Yeah, we're, we're going to go the opposite direction. Adblock doesn't suck. And let me tell you why. Have you ever been on a public computer? Or if you've never used Adblocks? But my notes <laughs> you... say Adblock sucks. That's what my notes say. I feel like you're, well, you're I feel me like somewhere else. Somebody must have did a typo. But yeah, when you're when you're going to uh I was subverting websites. expectations. <laughs> Basically, when you're going to different apps. Uh, websites it's bombarded with ads ads all over the place every time there's any kind of white real estate on the web page they're going to find a way to put an ad in there i know that avid 
ad revenue is a big thing for a lot of companies because it costs money to run these sites. You know, if you get a lot of foot traffic or a lot of clicks for your website and you have that kind of bandwidth traffic, you have to pay for that somehow because as a regular company, like I guess I'll pull in like the Washington Post, for example, you only get to have like five free reads and then they want to charge you money because they notice that you're using an ad blocker on their website. So after your fifth article that you read, you can't access the website anymore unless you donate a dollar or something like that. I don't remember the numbers. Don't quote me on it. (laughs) But it has advertisements in it. But little do people know is that advertising companies that provide these to these websites don't actually scan or look through their ads to make sure that they don't have malware, they don't have adware, they don't have spyware. And that's automatically downloaded and preloaded on your machine. So that's one of those things where it's like, it puts you in a hard spot because you want to definitely protect your machine. You want to protect your data. You want to protect your interests when you're putting in your personal information on a website or that kind of thing. But at the same time, those ads can be malicious to you. But the ad companies don't really care about that. But the websites that you're going to are like, oh, my ad revenue, I need to make money. Well, that sounds like a that sounds like a situation that needs to be fixed to the people that are running the ads. Is uh, I'm sure there's some some fashion or another they can go to them and say, look, you know, we we want your advertising dollars, but this needs to be checked into. Or even they could do it, you know, before they start running the ads through or, or put something on their code something into their sites so that they they're searching for that stuff and if it finds it it boots it off and that would be a perfect world of course but at the end of the day people are more worried about making money than making sure that their end customers are safe there are some websites um just one in particular that i go to is the chive um and they actually have a reporting system that if they find an advertisement that shows up that's malicious or is not part of their terms of service or whatever, you have a way to report it. So I'm like, all right, you guys are cool. You guys got got it squared away. But other companies don't really notice that. One of the annoying things now, since they're now detecting that you're using an ad blocker, is like, oh, this is cool. I've never been to this site before, so I want to read this article. And you click on the link, loads up the web page, and then it fills a screen full of you're using an ad blocker, you need to turn it off in order to access this article. And then I'm like, well, now that article is not that important to me and I don't want to visit this website ever again. Some sites will actually say, either turn off your ad blocker or subscribe to our page for like X number of dollars a month. And And I've seen that too. Which I'll do. In fact, so I was actually going to tell you this story. Earlier today, I had an article on Alita Battle Angel come up in my Facebook timeline. I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. I want to read it. It had something to do with um, what kind of audio was going to be on the 4K Blu-ray release. Like stuff you guys don't care about, but stuff that I cared about knowing. Hey, I care about that. DTS versus Dolby. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be important. Dolby and I can't remember what the other one was. That And it was interesting because they're putting two on there instead of just focusing on one HD audio output, which Fox hasn't been doing. And nobody's and everybody's like, does this mean that now that Disney's in charge, it's going to start happening more? What's going on? Holy whatever. But I go to read that article and it pops up. You can't access this. You need to turn off your ad blocker. And I look at ad blocker and it's blocking 37 ads on that website. Dang. So I said, well, no, screw you. You're telling me uh, that I have to turn it off to look at your website, which I'm totally not down with. And I don't trust your website. So I'm going to close it. 
And so I closed it, got on Google, searched up another site. Next site comes up with a thing saying, hey, we see that you're using Adblocker and we make our ad, our, our money off of ad revenue. So we would really appreciate it if you turn it off. And then it had a thing that says, okay. So I click okay and it lets me continue on. And then I looked at the thing and it still had like 20 ads, I think. And I was like, you know what? Just because you guys asked, just because you guys were polite about it, I'm going to turn off my ad blocker and read this article. <laughs> it's nice to have that little bit of an option, right? It's not like totally forcing you to not access the content. Because when you're totally blocking your consumer from accessing the content, of course, you're not going to go back to your web page. And of course, you're going to lose money or ad revenue or whatever, because you're being an asshole about it. You know, if if you're saying, hey, can you do us a favor? This is how we make money. You know, I'm more than happy to do it myself as well. I can turn off my ad blocker, but you're actually being polite about it. You're asking about it. Whereas other places, like I said, they just want to force your hand and be like, no, you can't access our content because you're protecting your PC. You're protecting your, <laughs> your information. It's like, come on, guys. Really? Mm-hmm. That happened. Like, I don't have to worry about adware, malware, like all of that stuff. I don't have to worry about it because I have Kaspersky. It's made by the Ukrainians. They have to deal with Russian hackers all the time. They know what they're doing. <laughs> and it does happen to me. Like, there's been times where I'm like, well, I can't find this anywhere else. I guess I have to turn off Adblock for your site. And then I turn off Adblock and I'm one paragraph in and an ad pops up on their site that redirects me to another page. And then Kaspersky's all like, screw you and takes out the page. And I'm like, well, I guess I just am not going to learn about that topic today. If there's any business owners out there that are listening to this podcast or at least this episode, just ask the consumer, Hey, can you, you know, turn off your ad blocker. Don't force the consumer's hand. And also if you have a way to like figure out how to report an ad or something like that, you know, it's, it's a good option to have because if there's an ad that's malicious, you're not going to know about it because you're relying on the ad companies to provide you the content in that white space or that pop-up or whatever, but you're not really scanning for the malware and the adware and spyware. That should be up to the advertising companies, but they don't care about that. So at least give some kind of care to your consumers and being like, hey, if you see a problem, report it. But, you know, obviously this is how we make money. This is how we keep content being delivered to you, the consumer. Please turn off your ad blocker for us, you know, or something like that. And even some other companies as well that I've seen, you know, you can do like a subscription, monthly subscription for a dollar or something like that. And I know that's not like a huge amount of money, but, you know, if you have enough consumers running your you know, coming to your site to get the information that they like and you have great content, that's a dollar, you know? <laughs> if you have 100,000 people coming to your website like every month or every day or whatever, whatever the, your metrics are, that's a lot of money still. Yes, it is. So that's just my thoughts on that. <laughs> yep. Do you have any thoughts on it, Vixie? I agree. Awesome. I actually, I actually run <laughs> two ad block programs. I don't know. I, do, I like the I like being able to choose, and I do choose. And there are times when I t I turn them off for sites that I like. So yeah, exactly what you guys said. She agrees. <laughs> the agree. dudes are in unison. Woo! All right. All right. So I've found that information on Halo. It is. I lost that information on Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Did the ad block uh, preventer come up and say you have to turn your ad blocker off? No, apparently I scrolled down on accident. Oh. So the games that will be re released on it will be Halo Reach, 
Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo 2 Anniversary, neither of which were released on the PC, so I can see why they might be having issues with those two. Uh, Halo 3, ODST, and Halo 4. So and they're going everywhere, but Halo 5 and 6 won't be out on it, which kind of sucks, but they're the two new ones, so I kind of get it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know why they don't release them on PC anyway. Yeah, they sh- Halo 6 might be on PC because... Um, most of Xbox One's collection is now being geared for PC, so who knows? I'm excited. Yeah, if yeah, we I can tell. if we can get the multiplayer functionality for like the different versions of Halo, I definitely would enjoy that because that's uh, one of the fun things about Halo that I enjoyed. Like it had a good story. Don't get me wrong there, but you know, hanging out with your friends and having the multiplayer matches and everything like that. That was that was a blast. I'd like to see that come back and actually get back into that and have like a co-op option as well. Well, I I'm old enough to remember lands of twenty people, like I real do, people. I <laughs> yeah. do miss those days. In all honesty, I really do miss those days. The land parties at El Gordo's house. Uh, land parties were fun. J. Rowe never went to El Gordo's house for a LAN party, so I he doesn't know did. what it's like to party in Barbie's dream house. But Mm-mm. did you ever see his been, house? Yeah, I've been to his house. I, yeah, I, so, I you, there, so right? you know what I mean by it's Barbie's dream house, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but no, I started doing uh, LAN parties with some guys around my uh, old neighborhood. And uh, uh, we primarily we, we played all, you know, it was free first person shooters. This was probably what now? Oh, 10 years ago, eight years ago. Um, but they were really fun. I, I enjoyed them. I did get into the land party game really late, but I was really sad when uh, they stopped happening. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that I kind of miss. Halo 5 is not going to come to PC. Well, yet. No, I remember because um, uh, when I was in Utah, uh, they had a, th- a land party called Protocol 42. And that was like back in the day. But we would play like... Uh, Command and Conquer Generals multiplayer. We had a leaderboard for Unreal Tournament, um, and there was a couple other games as well. That's that's my cup of tea is Unreal Tournament, just that fast-paced twitch, shoot you in the face with a flat cannon kind of thing. <laughs> but there would be like hundreds of, well, not hundreds. I guess it would be a little bit over 100 people or so that would show up to those. Um, and I went to a few of them wow. with my friends. And uh, It's kind of like back- the original Battle Royale, right? <laughs> Yeah. So like this is when, you know, towers were made out of steel and they were super heavy to carry around with your CRT monitors. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Remember my like uh, huge CRT monitor? What was that? Like 20 the gray inches one. or something? The gray yeah. one that we both the bought. NEC. The, yep. Oh my That that yeah. monitor by the way, I, I one of them is gone, but the other one is still in use, I believe. No, it was finally oh, yeah, I gave that monitor to you. I, yeah, you I did. Forgot. Well, you bought it from me for like uh, yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I did. And... Oh, taking that thing over to El Gordo's. And it like I had to, uh, I can't even remember how I got it there because I was driving that Saturn and mm-hmm. it didn't fit in the front seat. I think Gordy had to come over and put it, like I had to like get it in his VW bug because <laughs> it was too big to fit in my, yeah, it was, God, those things were huge and heavy. Yep, but I'll tell you, for, for the time, it sure had a pretty picture on it. 
awkward silent. Yeah, it was. <laughs> dun, I, was dun, expect- dun. I was expecting you to be like, yeah, it did. And that was it. But anyway. Oh, I was just thinking of all of the perverted jokes I could have made right there about it being big and heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Need a wheelbarrow for it. I yeah, really we need a bell. We need a bell. So anyway, what do you say <laughs> we wrap this bitch up? Hey, don't tell me what to. Oh, I, I didn't tell you. I asked you. We, we were talking about two different things to wrap up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Bixie's stunned silence again. Uh, ding, ding, ding. I'm sorry. I would never Bixie, tell you to wrap horrible. that. I would never tell you to wrap that up. Keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty. Anyway, so. So, yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. I think you're right. I think this is a good spot to wrap up. Yep. Uh, for those who might still be listening like an hour and two hours later, <laughs> uh, head over to Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash dudes from Altaria. Like us there. Comment there. If you think that we were stupid about anything here, completely off base, let us know. We'll we'll totally like maybe think about what you have to say. No, we'll oh, yeah, totally, we'll totally we'll, uh, think, just... we'll think about it. Only J Row and I, because we're the only ones who actually read what happens on our Facebook page, and we'll tell the other people what happened. I don't know. They'll do with it what they will. The other dudes. Yeah, you know, you're welcome to tell us uh, what you think about how Deep Space about Deep Space Nine and yeah, and if you console. think Enterprise is the best Star Trek ever, then totally let J Row know. Yep, and I will destroy you and let you know how wrong you are. So and then, I'm if you want to side with me with TNG, I'd really appreciate it. I will still tell you how wrong you are, but that's okay. <laughs> Your opinion is is wrong. Voyager. Oh, oh no, 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 Voyager FTW. <laughs> I'm not actually saying that. That's what Vixie's saying in her brain. <laughs> anyway, I can read right. mind sometimes. Well, in, until next time, this is J Row the Offendo signing off. And remember, if I didn't offend you. I'm doing it wrong. You're doing a lot wrong. Our next dude cast will be on the 4th of July. This is DJ. Saying see you later, dudes. And this is Scott saying goodbye. That's Bye, Vixie. Oh, I, so, um, see ya. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> it's maybe well, maybe another time. Yeah, hopefully yeah, we see you again. Yeah. When I feel like paying pedo, uh, I mean paying Craig to record five people instead of just Ooh. four. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, all. <laughs>